Hey there, this is Ben Sanders, lead pastor of Revelation. We are so honored that you've tuned in to our podcast today. Even if you're not a part of our Revelation family here in Frisco, Texas, I want to encourage you to connect with us on social media. Just search for Revelation Frisco on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also go to revelationfrisco.church to get to know us a little bit better and even plan a visit. It is my prayer today that this message brings you one step closer to Jesus. Let's jump into the message. So we're unwrapping a big word today called sanctification. So you know, your grandmother had that good china that she would only bring out on a special occasion. It had a special purpose. You better not touch that china. Don't think you're about to go put a donut on that plate. Don't think you're about to put it in the microwave. None of that. It was sacred almost, right? It was set apart for a special use. You had that polished silver that was in that, you know, that big case with the velvet lining in it that you bet not use that silverware. I don't care if we run out of silverware, you better find you some plastic stuff or wash something, but you bet not touch that silverware. Why? Because it was special. There was a special use for it. It only came out at special occasions. So we are vessels and we're to be full of the Holy Spirit, meaning that we are to be set aside for a sacred purpose. I remember the saints used to say, I'm saved sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized. I've got Jesus on my side and I'm running for my life. Being sanctified was a badge of honor. To be set apart was to be special. You were God's very elect. And it only came through discipline and separation. So we're going to talk a little bit about separation first, and then we'll talk about discipline next. So let's recap. Last week, uh, William talked about redemption, which is God buying us back through his sacrifice on the cross. And before that, we talked about justification. And let me give you a little bit of compare and contrast between justification and sanctification. I know these are a lot of big words, and you'll have to go back and listen to the message if you haven't heard about justification. But just a little recap here. Justification happens instantly at the moment someone is born again. Sanctification happens gradually over the life of a Christian. It's a process. Sanctification sets the believer free from sin's penalty, while sanctification is progressive. It's the progressive disconnect of a believer to continually separate themselves from sin, but moving towards righteousness, holiness, The goal in separation is to be like Christ. That is the goal. And that's done through the Holy Spirit. There is no sanctification without the Holy Ghost. In justification, we are declared righteous. But in sanctification, we are made righteous. This is a process, a growth process. Now, we know if you take a seed and you plant it in the ground, years later it becomes a big tree and it produces what? Fruit, right. And you can't get that fruit unless it goes through a process. You won't even get a tree unless it goes through a process. And so we too go through a process where we produce fruit. We produce the fruit of the spirit. And this process is called sanctification. So getting into sanctification, it is the will of God that we go through this process of sanctification. First Thessalonians 4 and 3, and I'm reading out of the Amplified this time. For this is the will of God that you be sanctified separated, set apart from sin. 
Okay, so here's the process. First Peter 2 and 1, wherefore laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. So a recap of this process is putting away all and desiring the word of God. We know that the word of God will cause us to grow. It will cause us to mature. And just as babe desires milk, we desire the word of God. Now, if you drop down a little bit lower in that same chapter, verse number nine says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye may show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He has separated you from the darkness and placed you in his light. Being a chosen generation, he specifically chose you. Being a royal priesthood, you know, the priesthood of the Levites, uh, of the children of Israel was the Levites. They were one tribe out of 12 that were chosen to carry out the spiritual aspects and make sure that everything was in order as far as the worship for the children of Israel. Israel themselves were a holy nation, a peculiar people, just as we are peculiar people. To be peculiar means to be unique, to be different, for people to stop and say, wait, there's something different about you. What is it? Why are you not like everybody else? And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But the bottom line here is that you've been called out today. So let's go back and look at, in the Old Testament, Leviticus 19 through 20, those chapters. It records the Lord's emphasis on being holy. The word holy in Hebrew is Kadesh, Q-A-D-A-S-H, Kadesh, which means to be sanctified, consecrated, dedicated, or to be separated from the world or worldliness. Not only did the Lord command the Israelites to be holy, but in these two chapters, he gave specific examples of what they could do in their daily lives to show that they were separated. In Leviticus 19 and 2, it says, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. Be holy for I am holy. The chapter goes on to describe how they were going to do this. They couldn't mix cattle of different kind. They couldn't wear garments of different textiles mixed, so no linen and cotton in the same garment. It had to either be linen or cotton, not mixing. Couldn't mix seeds of different kinds. Um, they had to make sure they remembered the Sabbath and reverence God, and they had to keep away from sorcery. And then it goes into all the different sexual sins that they could not commit. And it was very explicit, explicit instructions. And we'll talk about explicit instructions a little bit later too. And then if you move on to Leviticus 20, we'll start at seven and eight. It says, sanctify yourselves therefore, and be ye holy for I am the Lord your God, and ye shall keep my statutes and do them I am the Lord, which sanctify you, and ye shall be holy unto me, for I, the Lord, am holy, and have severed you from other people, that ye should be mine. You know that the church is the bride of Christ. 
and Jesus is the groomsman. How many people want to marry someone else who's in love with another? No one. No one. So when God called us out to be separate, he called us to himself because we're supposed to be his bride, not in love with the world, but in love with him, a sacred love. This was the point he was trying to use to drive home to them that I never want you to forget in your daily lives that you are separate. You are not like everybody else. You are a people that I created to love me, to be with me. You are mine. They couldn't even go before their enemies in Joshua 7, unclean. They had to be consecrated before they could even fight their enemies. He wanted them to get rid of sin. They had to go separate themselves and pray and make sure that this vessel here was clean. Their heart was clean. Their mind was clean. So he gave those specific practices that helped remind the Israelites in their daily routines that they belong to God. Okay, so Jesus explained the basic principle of holiness to his apostles that he would take them out of the world. Well, you're in the world. He would keep them in the world, but keep them from evil in the world. That's what I'm trying to say. John 17 and 14, and I'm reading from the Amplified, and this is a chunk of scripture, so stay with me. I have given to them your word, the message you gave me, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world and do not belong to the world, just as I am not of the world and do not belong to it. I do not ask you to take, you, to take them out of the world, but that you keep them and protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Set them apart for your purposes. Make them holy. Your word is truth. Just as you commissioned me and sent me into the world, I also have commissioned and sent them, believers, into the world. Hebrews 10 and 10, I'm reading from NIV. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. For by one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. In sanctification, God plays a role. And we play a role. We know he's going to do his part, right? He always does his part. He always fulfills his word. God's role in sanctification is that he left us with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is essential to sanctification. You can't have holiness without the Holy Ghost. Mankind doesn't have the ability in our human strength to be holy without the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit in order to live spiritual lives. It's a non-negotiable. So our role is setting ourselves apart choosing to keep his word through discipline. John 14 and 15, and I'm reading from the ESV version. If you love me, keep my commandments. When we're sanctified, we think differently. We act differently. The choices we make are different. Our finances are different. Our atmospheres are different. What we allow ourselves to do and don't do is different. So let me ask you this. What in your daily living, you ask yourselves, what in your daily living reminds you that you are set apart for God's holy purpose? 
A lot of times we get into the hustle and bustle of things and we wake up, we get breakfast, get the kids ready, got to go to work, got to go to school, got to come back, got to pick dinner up. Okay, got to do homework, got to do this, do that. But are we reminded daily that we are set apart, we belong to him, we have a holy purpose? Are we walking out that holy purpose in him? What reminds us that we are to have clean hands and a pure heart and an upright spirit? So I have a couple examples here of my own personal sanctification journey. Not that I've arrived, let's not get it twisted. But I just want to take you on a little journey of several small stories. But um, for those of you who don't know me very well, uh, I was raised in a saved and sanctified home. You had to live like you were saved and sanctified, whether you were saved and sanctified or not. So I was taught a lot of things as a kid, as a child coming up. So Sunday school and Bible study was very essential to my growth. In sixth grade, um, there was a sleepover. Now, my parents didn't let us go sleep anywhere and everywhere. That, you, that just wasn't happening. Um, so I was really shocked that they even let me go to this sleepover in the sixth grade. Um, it was another person, a basketball coach at the school. His daughter went there. Nice middle-class family. Okay, yeah, let's go hang out. Um, so we were at this sleepover. And they had a finished basement with a walkout. And if you know about basements, a walkout basement is basically you can go to the backyard from the basement level instead of the regular house level. And it was a bunch of girls there, almost like all the main people that we knew in school were there. Okay. So they decided that they wanted to play light as a feather, stiff as a board. I don't know what that is. So they explained to me what there was. And I was like, oh, no, why would we be doing that? No. Well, most of the girls were like, well, sure, let's go ahead. And I was like, uh-uh, no, not me. Where, where can I go? Um, so this basement is kind of like L-shaped. And so they all got together, and they're like, we have to turn out the lights. And I'm like, oh, dear God, I can't go upstairs because there's nobody upstairs, and I'm in somebody's weird's house. So I went around the corner, and I'm like, I'm not participating in this. Clean hands, pure heart, set apart. And so some of the other, my other friends, I've known them since first and second grade, they were like, I'm with her. I'm going over here. And that was the first opportunity that I had as a child to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I told them about the baptism. I told them about receiving the Holy Ghost. I told them about everything. I mean, I really ministered around that corner while they were playing with the devil. Uh, So, but my point in the story is I knew as a child that I was different. My parents happened to be here today and thank God for them. They taught me how to be separated. They taught me that I was different. I was called out. I was unique and I was okay with that. Fast forward, I was about four months into being 17, senior in high school, and our school went on what they call a senior trip. So these kids couldn't wait to get loose. I ain't crazy now. I want to have fun, but I ain't lost my mind. So uh, we went to Disney World in Orlando, and then we were supposed to go to Daytona Beach, Florida to go to a college tour at Bethune-Cookman College. Well, uh, we didn't get a chance to go on the college tour. Something happened where we couldn't go. So they were like, we'll just have the kids hang out in Daytona Beach. Well, that's fine. Ocean Beach, cool. No, they couldn't just leave well enough alone. So we had, but the friends I had were like Christians. Their parents went to church and stuff like that for the most part. And the girls who weren't, you know, they were good girls, got good grades. They stayed out of trouble type thing. So my friend had a friend come. She was from another state that was in her church organization. I don't even know why they let her come. But you know, there's always one. Always one. Why does she have to be that one? So we're in the room hanging out and stuff like, okay, what are we going to get in tonight? We should go to a club. A club? We're, we're 17. We can't even get into a club. 
don't worry about that. I got you. How do you know how to get into a club? Like you're barely 18 yourself. So we get all, and my parents haven't heard this story. Just <sighs> so we get dolled up and I'm like, I don't know about this, but I don't want to be left in the room by myself. And I'm like, dang, okay. They said, now you don't say nothing. Don't you say nothing. Let me do all the talking. I'm like, well, you're going to have to because I'm about to lie. Are you 17? Yep, I'm 17. I'm not going to lie. So we get into this club and boy, did I get more than I bargained for. More than I bargained for. We won't go there. But, you know, when in Rome, do his Rome. I didn't even know what to do. I was just like, okay, we're here now. They all split up and all of a sudden went with guys. I'm like, okay. So this guy comes up to me and we're kind of dancing. He was like, what are you doing here? Why are you here? You don't belong here. And I'm looking around the corner at my friends that are at the bar. How are y'all even getting drinks? Why, and why is he not telling them this? He was like, you don't belong here. How did he know that? How did he know I didn't belong there? Well, fast forward to my college years. I remember every Tuesday, faithful, I went to college at 17, which I'm surprised my parents let me go away at 17, but I was mature, I'd like to think. Um, but every Tuesday, I would fast like clockwork. All day on Tuesday, that was my fasting. No matter what came, I fasted on Tuesdays. And God kept me through my college years while my friends were partying, my roommates were partying, while I seen some of everything, very colorful lives that some of them led. I just wanted to be holy. I just wanted to be like Christ. I had coworkers, you know, fast forwarding years later, coworkers who said, there's something different about you. How can you be calm in this situation? How come you're always positive? And I have the opportunity to tell them about Christ. All that to say sanctification, separation is a process. Wanting to be righteous, wanting to be more like God is a process that we all have to go through. God left his word, which was explicit instructions on how we were to live, how we were to separate ourselves for his sacred purpose. I can't say what I want to say. The word says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. I can't go where I want to go. My steps are ordered by the Lord. I can't think how I want to think. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. I can't put in my body or on my body whatever I want. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I can't partner with who I want to partner with. How can two walk together except they agree? I can't be in covenant relationship with someone, just anyone, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Why? Because I'm sanctified. Because I love him. Because I'm set apart. Because I want to keep his commandments. Lastly, 2 Corinthians 6 and 17, and I'm reading from King James Version, just FYI. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be your father. I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Why? Because holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. That's Hebrews 12 and 4. So you have some homework today. Your homework is Galatians 5, 16 through 25. And I know you don't normally get homework on Sundays, but let me tell you, it will bless you. Galatians 5, 16 through 25, and it talks about the things that we should stay away from, that we should separate ourselves from. 
then it goes into the fruit of the spirit, what you will need to replace things with so that you can remain holy and righteous before the Lord. So that's sanctification that we've unwrapped. And that's it. Amen.